text that calls for our attention this Lord's Day is our gospel reading for today from Matthew chapter 5, where Jesus says, You have heard it said, you shall not commit adultery. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. It's a messy business from start to finish, isn't it? Anybody who has ever been through it can testify to that. There is hurt and deception and disappointment woven right into the fabric of it. In fact, this is also true that we usually just don't even talk about it in the church. Even in a time when the church seems to talk a lot about sexuality and marriage, since our culture is talking even more about it, we rarely breach this topic. So what am I talking about? Well, the topic of divorce and remarriage. Anybody uncomfortable yet? I know I am. Why? Well, because I know that when we speak about this topic, it's hard for anyone to simply address it objectively. One does not just hear the scriptures. They also remember their life experiences. And I suppose all of us sitting here today in one way or another have been affected by these topics. Some of us personally, some of us in our immediate families, and some of us in our extended families and communities. In fact, this is so common in our day and age that those who kind of feel like they haven't been affected by divorce and remarriage are often easily tempted to be prideful in this regard. Indeed, some who heard Jesus speaking about this topic in our gospel reading just a few moments ago probably hoped no more would be said today. Others are probably rejoicing in their hearts that we're still talking about it so that they can feel good about themselves and their marriages that have endured. Now there is, of course, no way in a sermon that I can address every possible situation that has occurred in your life or the lives of those you love. Indeed, I'd be happy to talk to anybody that continues to struggle with decisions they have made or the consequences of decisions others have made in regards to divorce and remarriage. But today in our time here in which we meditate upon God's word, we must focus on getting the basic teaching of Jesus about this matter correct. Why? Well, because if we do not know what Jesus says, or if we do not say what he says, well, then we know that the situation will only get worse. More pain and more hurt will ensue. More chaos will reign. Souls might be well put into danger. Well, today, we must simply then return to the words of Jesus. These words that he delivered on his famous Sermon on the Mount. There Jesus is going through many of the Ten Commandments and explaining the fullness of what they mean for people's lives. Where we are going to focus today, Jesus begins by speaking about the Sixth Commandment, as we number them, which tells us not to commit 
adultery. He starts off by saying that adultery not only occurs when two people come together bodily, but that it also occurs in the minds of those who simply lust after one another. No doubt a sermon or ten could be written about that to address the modern day as well. But then he turns in what might seem like a rather sharp turn to some to talk about divorce and remarriage. It might almost seem like he's changed topics, but he is not. You see, he speaks about getting divorced and remarried specifically as a form of adultery. Jesus says, I tell you, that everyone who divorces his wife, except on the ground of sexual immorality, makes her commit adultery. And whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Jesus' language here is very odd to us, especially to our modern ears. For it speaks about a husband causing a woman to commit adultery by divorcing her. It almost doesn't seem fair. The man does the divorcing, and then the woman is the one who is identified as the adulterer. Then her and her second husband are further identified as the adulterers. So why is it said in this way? Well, first, we must understand the situation of the day. You see, in Jesus' day, if a man divorced his wife, she would not be able to simply go out and make a living for herself. She would not just be able to be independent as we speak of independence. No, if that man did not do what he should, namely remaining married to his wife and providing for her and for the household, well, then this woman would be cast out and would be in great need and would be tempted in the very least to feel it necessary to marry another man. The problem is, in God's eyes, she would still be married to her first husband. And therefore, her and her new husband would be committing adultery. But let's not miss the point here. For while Jesus calls that remarriage adulterous, He is not really speaking these words to speak about what that woman is doing first and foremost. No, instead, he speaks all of these words in order that the man that is considering divorce might wake up and realize what great harm he would do if he went through with it. Yes, indeed, he rebukes the man for not making good on his own vows for not letting his marriage vows remain yes and no, instead of just saying that he would no longer keep them and cast out his wife. Yes, here is the basic point then of the text that we are not to miss. Marriages are meant to be forever in this life. Once a husband takes a wife, he is to serve her endlessly and selflessly. The wife is to respond with respect and care. No one is to even ponder, leaving behind the other. That marriage is to be sustained as love is shared, as sins are confessed, as forgiveness is delivered. And according to Jesus' words, the only time a marriage can be dissolved and one can remarry without committing adultery is if that spouse has already committed adultery with another. Any other remarriage is sinful, Jesus says, for all involved, including the one who sends out his spouse to consider such a thing. Sadly, many in our day who are getting married, although that number is even falling 
week by week, it seems. Even those who still do get married often don't operate with these basic assumptions about marriage. Some who are getting married, whether consciously or unconsciously, do not assume that marriage is for a lifetime. They think it can be ended at any time for any reason. That's why sometimes at the very beginning, provisions are already made just in case something goes wrong. You know, money accounts are kept separate. Conversations with people on social media, well, they're kept hidden. And in some cases, legal documents are actually drawn up just in case something goes wrong. But it should not be so among God's people. For among us, marriage is to be held in honor. And the marriage bed is to be kept undefiled. And why? Well, all sorts of reasons, really. But ultimately, because the scriptures reveal to us a mystery. They reveal to us that each marriage is something that God has created to give the world a picture of the love that Christ the husband has for his bride, the church. Think of it this way. Each marriage is sort of a play to tell that story, and the husband is to play the role of Christ, and the wife is to play the role of the church. And now ask this question. So when is it that Christ divorces his bride? When does he get rid of us? When does he cast us out? Well, thankfully, not even when we do all sorts of things that are sinful and hurtful to him. He only actually divorces us in one case. Only if we leave him completely behind and choose another instead of him. All other sinfulness he forgives, so long as we remain with him. Yes, the bond between Christ and his church is not easily dissolvable, and that by his design. And that, it is very good for us. His love for us, then, we could say is unbreakable in this regard. And therefore, since marriage is to be a picture of that, well, the bond between husband and wife is not easily dissolvable either. And that is good for us also. It is good for us to live in this way simply because it is God's way and we don't want to provoke his wrath. But it is also good for us because it is the best way in which to live in regards to sexuality and marriage in our day. When marriage is truly held in honor by all, when husbands and wives are taught to love and honor one another, to be reconciled to one another when they have not honored and loved one another, a whole lot of trouble is avoided. Husbands and wives are blessed. Their children are protected and served. The entirety of society is given stability. Well, there's a lot more that could be said on this topic, of course. But instead, let's let just those few things that have been said sort of sink in. Let them sink in, whether right now you're single or married or divorced. God says that marriage is a lifelong union which God intends to not be dissolved. Jesus says that he only allows such division to occur when adultery has already broken that bond. He tells us that he's ordered all things this way, not to give us just another rule to follow, but instead for our good and to give us a picture of his unbreakable love for us. 
So, have you sinned in this regard? Or have you been sitting there the whole time pridefully believing yourself to be quite sinless other, like, other than people down the pew who have done these things because your marriage has lasted for decades? Well, either way, return today to your husband Christ. After all, he loves you so much that he literally gave up his life for you on the cross. No, he didn't just bring roses and a box of chocolates, but he offered up his very life to show you just how much he loves you. He will forgive you. He will restore you to a right relationship with him, for he desires not to cast you out, but to be reconciled to you and to live with you forever. He wishes to live with you not only even just till death comes, for not even that will part you from him. For his love for you, it is unbreakable. His death and his resurrection have made it so. Thanks be to Christ. Amen.